down in the grip of oppression I fought for my liberty I paid with the blood of my people Freedom has never been free Now my door's always open To dreamers and friends But when I'm attacked I protect and defend Because my name is America Once again, the American public, actually the world public, are going to be duped into giving up more rights in order to answer this new pandemic called monkeypox. Give me a break. This scheme was thought up in 2021, March of 2021. Why? Well, what's coming up in November? Another election. How do you steal an election? You create a national crisis and then tell people, oh my goodness, it's too much for you to go to the post office and mail in your ballot. So we'll have all these ballot boxes around that nobody will pay attention to. And we'll watch as people shovel ballots and ballots and ballots into this box. And then people will say, no corruption. We didn't see anything. Oh, close my eyes. Hear no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. Oh, really, give me a break. For those of you who still believe that COVID was a horrible, deadly disease and had to be stopped at any cost and are still taking the vaccines, I'm going to ask you to please go and read Karen Bracken's Substack. Just go to substack.com and put in the name Karen Bracken and sign up and get her daily articles where she gathers from all of the doctors and research people and talks about the vaccines. And there you will learn that the same people that created this disease, quote, disease, are the same people that are pushing the vaccines to cure it. Isn't that a surprise? Bill Gates, his fingers are all over this and his buddy, Anthony Fauci. They are all over the creation of the disease. Bill Gates funded it. and. Uh, Fauci is the one that helped the ball get rolling, and they are both involved in, oh my goodness, the vaccines. What a surprise. So what is this really about? Follow the money. Nothing ever changes. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the prism of America's education, and we're brought to you on the America Out Loud talk radio network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Please go to the Alliance website and take a look and see what we are doing now. We are doing some incredibly interesting legislative things because in Florida, we have discovered that when books are being ordered, the public has a month to review those books. How many people know that? Not enough. So as books are being ordered now and the excuses, oh my goodness, we got that book from the Department of Education, well, that's the problem. Nobody actually really looks at the words. That's up to us. And you have time to do that. So get in touch with your school board and make sure that you find out when the books are being adopted and that you get a chance to review them. Because I strongly believe 
that the majority of what is happening, especially the school shootings, the majority of the shootings are coming out of the schools. How can I say that? Being a teacher for a very long time and watching, I won't even say the evolution of schools, I'm going to say the dissolution of schools. They have been deteriorated. The whole objective of school is to teach mediocrity. And they do that by eliminating logic, reason, and critical thinking. And they do not teach the child to respect themselves, to respect others, that life is important. They're busy having those kids on video games. What's the problem with a video game? Shoot somebody. What happens? No blood. Oh, I get to press the reset button and that person is back again. No, in real life, nobody comes back. When you're dead, you're dead. And these children have been fed over and over again, emotional learning, or SEL, social emotional learning. How is that working? How is that coming together? What is happening as a result? Well, we are seeing what the results are. When you take people and you take away their ability to choose their destiny, you constantly tell them that you're a worthless male toxic masculinity and that your purpose in life is, is a disaster and that you have no reason for existence. What do you think these kids are going to think? They have nothing to look forward to in their life. How will I get remembered? Well, I'll go out and shoot a whole bunch of people and then I'll be down in the history books and people will remember. Well, not everybody goes out to shoot. People do different things, but constantly in their brain is that they are not worth anything. So now we have school shooters who feel they're not worth anything. We have government employees who can't put together a plan, cannot barely follow directions. And when they do, they take no responsibility to even see if the directions have meaning. Because for the most part, their policies, their programs that they're following are designed to fail. And yet these people will continue to follow and follow and follow because they have no ability for logic. They have no ability to reason. They do not understand math. They do not understand an enormous amount of things that are passing them through in their life because they have no direction. As a result, we will see more school shootings, and this will be a crime. We will bring in more illiterate people, and we will destroy America without the people realizing that they as Americans have the right to redress their government, to demand that it stops. But you have to take that right. So right now, we have a total mess at the border. We do have a couple of good things. I don't want to be the bearer of just bad news all the time. Davos was a total failure. They did not get in place in the WHO the ability to take away the sovereignty of the countries. That did not go through, so that was good. We found out that many nations are not paying attention to climate control. And we found out that Biden is not respected at all. What a surprise. The courts 
have decided that Title 42 must stay in place until the states who have the absolute right to tell their government, absolutely not, you can't continue doing this. And that is now going through the courts. So Title 42 will stay in place until the courts make a decision on the case where 27 states are suing the federal government. However, what does that really mean? Does that mean that, oh my goodness, all of immigration is going to stop because Title 42 is not going to be uh, thrown out? I don't think so. But I have not been watching the border as good as I should. And therefore, I asked Michael Cutler, my guru who watches the border constantly because he was involved and knows what's going on. And he's our guest for today. We're so lucky to have him. Michael, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you, Karen. Before we get started, I have to make one observation. You were talking about the vaccine. Full disclosure, I've been fully vaccinated. I've got the boosters with a lot of skepticism. But I said, okay, better safe than sorry. Perhaps it works. Well, I want you to know that Scientific American, a very well-respected publication that's been around for a very long time, a couple hundred years, as I recall, uh, ran a Nature magazine article, another highly respected magazine. And this article was just published May 27th, okay, three days ago. And what does it say? Long COVID risk falls only slightly after vaccination. Results from a large study suggest that vaccines offer less protection against lingering symptoms than expected and I just, I'm just going to read the first paragraph because it'll blow you away. Vaccination against SARS-CoV-2 lowers the risk of long COVID after infection by only 15%. Remember they said it would wow. be 90% effective? Yes. Well, this study that involved 13 million people, they didn't just interview six people down the block. They did a study involving 13 million people published by Scientific American which republished the article that appeared in Nature magazine, 15% reduction studying 13 million people. Isn't that interesting? That is extremely interesting. And that pushes my idea to the forefront, which is this was not about the disease. This was about money. And, money I, and, and control. And, and control. control, yes. And now what's happening What's going How many flights were canceled over the Memorial Day weekend? Over 4,000 flights. Why? Well, they blamed it on the weather, which really wasn't that bad. But the majority of the problem was they didn't have any pilots. And those that they did, well, some of them got ill when they were in the cockpit. We have a major issue. They forced the pilots. They have forced businesses to close. Military members, yes, federal civil servants, police officers, firefighters in New York City fired for not wanting to take the vaccine. Uh, this is and a, a, and what are the results, Michael? What are the results well, from firing all of these people that we spent a fortune training? And so all that experience that they have, and those people that need to be on the street to protect us aren't. Um, but you talked about Title 42. So why don't we roll into that? Because I, the time is always limited. And it always seems that the clock moves a little bit faster when I talk to you than it normally does. It's a new form of relativity. I wonder what Einstein would have to say. about it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> I would like to talk about fun. I guess that's what it is. Yes. But Could you explain Title 42 for just a minute just, so our listeners understand what it is yes. all about? 
And, and by the way, just by way of giving you quick background, I was with the former Immigration and Naturalization Service for 30 years. Um, I started out as an immigration inspector at Kennedy Airport, did that for four years. For one of the four years, I was an adjudicator doing those marriage interviews like you've seen in the movies, looking to uncover fraud. The current head of DHS, I called the Department of Homeland Surrender, or given what's at the border, I now call the Department of Hospitality Services. I like that. New York has said they won't go after immigration fraud. Immigration fraud was identified by the 9-11 Commission, to which I provided testimony as the key method of entry and embedding for terrorists and not just on 9-11. So I did those interviews and then I became an agent. I was an INS agent for 26 years, rotated through all the squads within the investigations branch in New York, became the first INS agent assigned to the Unified Intelligence Division of the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration in New York, and spent the last 10 years of my 30-year career as a senior special agent assigned to the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force. I've testified before something like 17 hearings in the House and Senate in Washington. I've also testified before state legislative hearings around the country. And I provided testimony to the 9-11 Commission because I've investigated and arrested terrorists as well as international fugitives and major players in the drug trafficking trade. So that's my background. And so I wrote this article. I write for Front Page Magazine. Uh, and the, it's a great magazine, frontpagemag.com. I hope everyone will check it out. The title of my most recent article, which is a couple of weeks ago, Title 42 and Chaos on the Border, Mayorkas, of course, Mayorkas is the head of Homeland Surrender, Homeland Security, right, DHS. Mayorkas is not America's guardian. He's its innkeeper. You have the Good guy title. Homeland Security who had previously been the deputy in charge of DHS under Obama. Before that, he was in charge of citizenship and immigration services, which gets scant attention in the media. And that's a mistake. Everyone looks at the border and that's the visual. Why? Because television is a visual medium. And so everyone wants to see that video of the people running over the border or they want to see the agents crashing through a door with battering rams which I've done many, many times. But the bigger issue is that when you give someone lawful status in the United States, you essentially make the border wall and everything else vanish. Imagine I could put something in your pocket that weighs less than an ounce and it makes the border wall go away, even if they were to electrify it. You know what that is? It's a green card or it's a U.S. passport. The key to border security is really interior enforcement of the immigration laws because any alien who is determined to enter the United States, literally by hook or by crook, will succeed. And it's not just the Mexican border. We have a Canadian border. We have 95,000 miles of coastline. So you can have boats going out as fishing boats, meeting ships at sea, and bringing back people from those boats without anybody noticing. We have international airports at every state. So every state really is a border state. And so we're looking at the catastrophe on the southern border. It's a catastrophe. We know that Latin America is a hotbed for Hezbollah. Believe it or not, you got that right. You might think Hezbollah, oh, wait a minute, that's, that's the Middle East. Well, in point of fact, there was a hearing held in 2018. Uh, Peter King, who just retired from Congress, chaired that um, hearing. And the interesting thing, I was just on a radio show here on, on ABC, the local station with Peter, and we talked about that hearing. And so on April 17th, 2018, there was a hearing um, and the title was the state sponsors of terrorism and examination of Iran's global terrorism network. So Donald Trump and his administration understood the threat 
and said, you know what, we're going to use Title 42, which is issued by the Center for Disease Control, which says that aliens who are here without documentation, who are entering illegally, making claims for political asylum. By the way, that's how most terrorists were able to enter the country. Think of the Tsarnaev family, the Boston Marathon. They got political asylum and then they went back to Russia. Clearly, they didn't have a credible fear, but they lied and nobody uncovered the lie until they, the, their two boys attacked the Boston Marathon. Okay, So Trump said, we better do something to try to slow down this human tsunami headed for the United States. But before we talk about the implications for, for Title 42, which simply says that under those rules, most of the aliens who come from Mexico and nearby countries can simply be pushed back into Mexico. It's not everybody. It's primarily Mexicans uh, and perhaps one or two other countries. And Trump also had the Remain in Mexico policy, which is legal and fair, contrary to what you hear from the liars who are the globalists. I, I just want you to know the threat that we face from Latin America. And this is really a very serious threat. It's the stuff that keeps me awake at night, Karen. So I on, agree. That day, on that day, April 17th, 2018, when they held that hearing, and by the way, very often witnesses will disagree with each other at a hearing. I've been there many times where one witness will say, well, I think Mr. Cutler is getting it wrong, and we have a back and forth. And that's cool. It's about getting to the facts, hopefully. At this hearing, nobody disagreed with what Dr. Emanuel Odalenge who is a member of the Foundation for the Defense of Democracies, had to say, I have two brief paragraphs. I want everyone to listen. The first paragraph is upsetting. The th second paragraph is terrifying. Okay, listen carefully, folks. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American network, again, we're talking Hezbollah operating in Latin America. Hezbollah started in Lebanon. It is funded and directed by our good friends in Iran. Okay, that's Hezbollah. It's a terrorist organization. In recent years, Hezbollah's Latin American networks have also increasingly cooperated with violent drug cartels and criminal syndicates, often with the assistance of local corrupt political elites. Cooperation includes the laundering of drug money, arranging multi-ton shipments of cocaine to the United States and Europe, and directly distributing and selling illicit substances to distant markets. Proceeds from these activities finance Hezbollah's arms procurement, its terror activities overseas, its hold on Lebanon's political system, and its efforts both in Lebanon and overseas to keep Shia's communities loyal to its cause and complicit in its endeavors. Well, that's the bad news. Here's the worst news. <laughs> Again, quoting from this witness, this toxic crime terror nexus, that is to say, Hezbollah and the human traffickers, drug smugglers, often one and the same, is fueling both the rising threat of global jihadism and the collapse of law and order across Latin America that is helping to drive drugs and people northward into the United States. It is sustaining Hezbollah's growing financial needs, helping Iran and Hezbollah consolidate a local constituency in multiple countries across Latin America. It is thus facilitating their efforts to build safe havens for terrorists and a continent-wide terror infrastructure that they could use to strike U.S. targets. You have members of Congress in both parties who would not fund the border wall. Now, let's be clear about the border wall. Pelosi, the liar, is out there saying, oh, my God, it's an immoral wall. It's a wall of hate. The border wall, folks, this may surprise you. What I'm about to say, you're going to think Mike Cutler is either crazy or he doesn't know what he's talking about, but that's not the case. The border wall was never designed to stop the entry of a single person into the United States, period, full stop. What am I talking about? 
the border wall was not going to block off any ports of entry. All the border wall was designed to do was to make certain that all people and all commerce would be funneled through ports of entry so they can be vetted and we can create a record of entry. I compared the border wall to the velvet rope at the bank that guides customers to the next available teller. I compared the border wall to the cattle runs at the airport that guide passengers to the next available TSA agent. Would any rational person get on an airplane if they saw people sneaking past TSA? And finally, I compared the border wall and ports of entry to the football stadium or the baseball park where fans are expected to go through a gate, which is the equivalent of a port of entry. They're not allowed to traipse across the field. Now, I want to know why any member of Congress from either party would be opposed to a border wall that's designed to make certain that everyone who comes here goes through a vetting process. There's only one reason that anybody would oppose a border wall. They want criminals. They want cheap labor. They want narcotics. If you look at the trillions of dollars in drug money that washes through Wall Street banking, real estate, and other supposedly legitimate avenues, then you realize that the suffering and the carnage that's directly attributable to the drug trade, over 100,000 people in America died of, of overdoses last year, they don't care. The cost of doing business because they are getting a piece of the action. What do you think of that, Karen? Mike, I love having you on because I always learn something. I had absolutely no idea about Hezbollah. I did know about the drugs. I worked in New York when I graduated from college. I was a teacher, but I also worked during the summers and I worked for banks and insurance companies and major corporations. And lunch was a lot of lunch that was either being served in the local pub or in the conference room with lines of Coke. So the fact that this is funneled through Wall Street is no surprise to me, but maybe a surprise for others. And this is a big, big problem. Watch I truly... the movie Wolf of Wall Street, by the yes, way, and you will see. Yes. I mean, it's, 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 it's a crass movie, but it, and the funding for it, by the way, came from some very corrupt people, by the way, if you ever watched the documentary. Yes. But understand, if you drive down Roosevelt Avenue in Queens, New York, you see money wire services operating 24-7, and there could be five or six on a block. Why do you think El Chapo Guzman the most prolific of all of the drug cartel leaders in Mexico established New York City as his hub for East Coast distribution of his poisonous drugs. Why? Because New York is a sanctuary city. Yes. I have to make one other quick point. New York State and other states are giving driver's licenses to illegal aliens. They call them undocumented. Well, that implies that we don't know who the hell they are. I don't know of a single airplane that's been used in a hijacking or terror attack since 9-11. The conveyance of choice used around the world for terrorist attacks are motor vehicles. Go to Washington, go to places in your own hometown, folks, go to the cities and see all those flower pots that are really barricades against what? Car bombs and truck bombs. In Washington, they have grates that pop out of the sidewalk, as we do in New York. Why? To stop truck bombs. Meanwhile, who's behind the wheel of the vehicles? God knows. And when you think of the 93 terror attacks, the shooting at the CIA involved a Pakistani by the name of Kansi, 
who bought into a courier van service. He had a permit to park in the parking lot of the CIA. He jumped out in January 93 with an AK-47, opened fire, killed two CIA officers, wounded three others, fled the country. The following month, bombing at the Trade Center, an illegal alien who violated his immigration status rented the truck. Another illegal alien, all Middle Easterners, drove the truck, parked it in the garage of the Trade Center, it went off, almost took down the entire complex. It, that happened. Their goal was 250,000 dead. As it was, six were killed, over 1,000 injured, and a half billion, half billion, over $500 million in damages were inflicted by a truck bomb. And that was when the agreement was, we will not give driver's licenses to illegal aliens. Well, now we are. It's almost as though the 9-11 Commission report has become a how-to book for the politicians who don't give a rat's tail about protecting us from the next terror attack. What do you think of that? Chris? I couldn't agree more. And what you brought to mind is that, okay, folks, this is going to be an election. 2022, November, you had better vet your candidates. You had better make sure that the same old, same old does not get back in our Congress. Because if we are doomed to having the same people and we follow the same policies, America will be doomed forever. There will be no turning back for a very, very long time. So the most important thing that I think that we can do is make sure that during this election, we get the right people in office. And one way to check it out is if you have somebody in office, if they voted for the $40 billion of an aid package to go go to Ukraine and nothing for the border wall, why on earth would you vote for these people? Why on earth would you think that they would be on your side? Why on earth would you think they would be patriots? They will not be, and they will not change their stripes. So no matter what they say to you, it behooves us to go and look at their record. Look at what they did, not at what they say. We are in a battle, folks, and it is not Republican versus Democrat. As Mike said, he's a Democrat. Listen to the conversation. We're having a conversation. We're allowed to talk about opposite sides. We're allowed to bring everything to the forefront so that you, our audience, can understand what's going on. But if we are not going to have conversations with each other, then we are doomed. But that's and that's what goal. they want. That's by the exactly way, what they want. Let me give you an example. Maria Salazar running for Congress in Florida is an advocate for an amnesty program. And, the, and the, the big lie is, well, if they've been here more than five years. So the question is, how do you know how long an illegal alien has been here? If they run the border, there's no record of entry created. There is no capacity to interview millions of people. Certainly no capacity to do a field investigation all that the adjudicator will have to look at. And remember, I did that job for a year. So I, I'm, again, speaking from personal experience. They will look at the application. They will be told, clear the backlog, which they're now doing at Homeland Security now, by the way. What does that mean? Get out the approval stamp and approve everything that lands on your desk. And we're told that there's, what, 11 million illegals? Well, it's been 11 million for the last 20 yes. years. It's probably 30 million. But here's the big lie. Even when Reagan gave us the amnesty that was supposed to be one million, it wound up being three and a half million. That's not the number either. That was another lie, because no one talks about the fact that an alien who gets lawful status has an immediate and absolute right to petition to immediately bring in all of their minor children and their spouses. The average illegal alien who gains lawful status brings in only four children each. 
we're looking at an influx, sit down and fasten your seatbelt, 100 million. Now, maybe they're <laughs> going to claim five or six each. They're not looking for fraud. So that becomes 150 million. And I know you focus on education as well. You should, Karen. The Congressional Budget Office back in 2006 did a study and found that it costs 20 to 40 percent more to educate children who are not English proficient. Educating a human tsunami of 100 million would be crushing. Now, add to that how many of those children will not speak, read or write English. We would be done. That's why I also wrote an article for Front Page magazine wherein I said that before any immigration bill is considered, they must do an environmental impact study. What do you think? Absolutely. And hold that thought, everyone, because this is exciting conversation and we'll be right back. And Mike, I'm going to ask you to stay with me for the next half hour because tremendous information that we have to have. So don't go away. Mike, tell everyone where they can find you. In the lost and found. In the lost and found. That's a good one. My, my own personal website, obviously my favorite in the world is Michael Cutler, C-U-T-L-E-R, michaelcutler.net. I also host my blog talk radio program Friday nights at 7 p.m., the Michael Cutler Hour blog talk radio. I write for Front Page Magazine, frontpagemag.com. Okay, and don't touch that dial. Don't touch that pad. Don't touch that screen. Don't go away. That's the idea. We'll be right back. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. We will be right back. You wouldn't go a day without brushing your teeth or washing your hands. What about washing your nose? I mean, your nose does filter the air you breathe, air loaded with bacteria, viruses, and irritants. Make nasal hygiene part of your routine with Clear. No messy bottles to fill, no drowning sensation. Clear is a natural drug-free saline with the added benefit of xylitol, which blocks bacterial and viral adhesion. Available in stores and online at clear.com. That is X-L-E-A-R.com. Here on America Out Loud, we emphasize optimal health, and air is the most essential element for life. The average person inhales over 35 pounds of air every day, yet we seldom think about how to rid the air of pathogens swiftly and safely when we need to. The Genesis Fogger Plus HOCL is the only way to quickly and naturally restore air to its optimal condition. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud for a free ebook on everything you need to know about HOCL and receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you'll be ready for what's next. Welcome back, everyone. And while we were away on the break, this is Karen Schoen, and you're listening to the Prism of America's Education, brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. I had a chance to do a little thinking about what we were talking about, and nothing shows more evidence of the disdain that the globalists and the Biden administration, who are all globalists, and the rhinos, who are globalists, have for the American people. What just happened? We were told gas prices will be astronomical. There will be gas shortages, which means each one of us will have less money and less time to be able to use our vehicle. There will be food shortages, massive food shortages. What does that mean? That means that each one of us will have less, or if we buy something, it will be astronomical. 
And what is the administration doing? Are they addressing that issue? They're not addressing anything. They're bringing in more people. So what happens when you take that pie, which is already small, and then you divide it, instead of dividing it by the number of people, we're going to add more people. What are you going to get? Maybe a sliver if you're lucky. This is what the administration is doing. And we should be telling them, no way, but we don't. And that's part of our problem, because I truly believe that this all starts in school. You all know that. I believe we are living the results of diversity, inclusion, and equity, and affirmative action. And we have filled our government with a group of mediocre people that couldn't fight their way out of a paper box if the, door, if the box wasn't even closed. These people don't care. They do not care about America. They do not care about us. They are not patriots. They are interested in money, and they will use every avenue to collect it. Now, one of the things with Title 42 that you should be able to answer, Mike, I hope, is that why are we being told that we have to mask up again and we can't go anyplace or do anything well, unless we have a vaccine and yet our doors are wide open for these people coming in who have nothing? Well, let's go even beyond that. As I mentioned, Title 42 gives CDC the authority to say you can't allow people in because we are concerned about a pandemic. Let's remember that Ellis Island was a quarantine station. And to counter the lies about how it's racist to enforce immigration laws, you know, I've arrested many illegal aliens from all over the world. My first fraud investigation, I hate to tell you, back in 1976, caused me to trip over a terror plot in Israel. We prevented the bombing of an oil refinery. I got an award from the government of Japan. Why am I telling you this? Because I want you to realize that the immigration laws make no distinction about race, religion, or ethnicity. If they did, I couldn't have enforced them for 30 seconds, let alone 30 years. My family was decimated in the Holocaust. I have no tolerance for people that want to use any kind of discriminatory tactic. That's not what this is about. If you go to Title VIII, United States Code Section 1182, and I frequently include links in my articles at front page and at usinc.org, you will see the categories of aliens who are to be excluded. It begins with aliens who have dangerous communicable diseases or suffer severe mental illness. Remember, Ellis Island was a quarantine station. Then we get to aliens who are criminals, terrorists, spies, human rights violators, human traffickers, drug smugglers, people who are fugitives from justice, who are, if they entered the United States would likely become a public charge, or if they worked, would displace Americans and or drive down the wages of hardworking Americans. I want to know by what basis anyone thinks it's inappropriate to enforce those laws that have that as the underlying purpose. So this is about flooding America with cheap labor. And if you look at the article that I wrote for Front Page Magazine, it's truly remarkable. I won't get too much into it because I hope everybody after the program will go to frontpagemag.com and check out my articles there. But it turns out that a contract for over $500 million was given to a company to provide housing for the illegal aliens streaming across the border who were being moved in the dead of night by the Biden administration. The company 
did not have a competing bid to deal with. Normally, you have to have three bids, whatever. If my government car was involved in an accident and we had to get a new bumper, I had to go to three body shops as a minimum so they could pick the cheapest bidder. Remember Alan Shepard, the astronaut, who famously, when it, famously said when asked, how does it feel to fly into space? He said, well, think about it, sitting on a rocket with all that fuel built by the lowest bidder, right? There was no lowest bidder for this $500 million plus contract. And it turned out that the contract was given to this company shortly after a former employee of Immigration and Customs Enforcement, a member of the Biden transition team, left government and shock of shocks, went to work for this outfit, and then the contract was given to them. This was based on an OIG report, Office of Inspector General, and also uh, by an article, a really good investigative piece that was done by Judicial Watch, the, the, the Corruption Chronicles, okay? They, they connected the dots perfectly. So if you admit more aliens, that means they're going to need more housing, which is why I, I call Mayorkas the innkeeper. They want these aliens to come here no matter what, and they're moving them in the dead of night. Now, I had a top secret clearance, and generally the reason that material is kept out of the public realm is if it would compromise national security, public safety, or an ongoing criminal investigation. The criminal investigation that needs to be conducted is the way that the Biden administration has turned into the biggest human trafficking operation in the history of the United States. They have said, we're going to end Title 42. Why? because it's slowing this down. By the way, the immigration system is not broken, folks. I want everyone to understand that. The immigration system is simply morphed from a system that's designed to protect public safety, national security, public health, and the jobs and wages of Americans to a system that provides an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. And by the way, it's not just the illegal aliens, high-tech workers with visas, Bob Goodlatte, the Republican, you know, both parties, uh, was an is an immigration lawyer who specialized in H-1B visas. We had a major argument about this. My first wife tragically died of cancer decades ago. It was, it was a loss for everybody. And she had, was a Phi Beta Kappa graduate, MBA in computer science. And most of the people who worked for her were all Americans. And they had comparable credentials. And I said to Goodlatte, why would you want to be bringing in all these people from India? When we have all these Americans, are they chopped liver? That's when the conversation ended, because I talked about how Alan Greenspan testified for Schumer back in 2009, said the solution to wage inequality is to make American high-tech workers compete with foreign workers. Then we could slice their wage premium. This is the engineered destruction of the middle class. And once yes. we do that, we greatly reduce inequality in wages between whom? Americans with skills and those with lesser skills. So in other words, if you have a master's degree and you graduate Phi Beta Kappa, or you drop out of high school and you're working in the local car wash, your salaries should be quite similar. This is called communism. Okay. Number one, it delivers an unlimited supply of cheap, exploitable labor. Number two, an unlimited supply of foreign tourists, which is why Ronald Reagan gave us the visa waiver program, big mistake. Number three, an unlimited supply of foreign students. Look what we're doing. We're educating America's adversaries. China is an adversary. They hack our computers every second of every minute of every hour of every day. And guess where most of them were trained? In the United States. And then they get jobs working for military contractors where they commit espionage so frequently that the intelligence community sarcastically refers to Chinese espionage as Chinese takeout. But the <laughs> biggest issue here is that it provides an unlimited supply of clients for immigration law firms. And you have immigration lawyers on both 
sides of the political aisle, which is why they all want to have a massive amnesty program, which I used to say should be renamed the Terrorist Assistance and Facilitation Act. In fact, the great Senator Jeff Sessions quoted me from the floor of the Senate during the floor debates about 2006, 2007, uh, because I had written that in an article I wrote for the Washington Times. Today, things being what they are, I give it a new name. I call it the Overwhelm America Act, and they're all in. And, and your friend Salazar in Florida wants this amnesty. Someone is making her happy. If you don't like lobbyists, realize that the politicians who take the money from the lobbyists are the employees of the lobbyists. Final point about Title 42. We're being told that we, we're, we're, there's more concerns about pandemic, mask up, bad, bad situations are developing. And then a buddy of mine who I mentored when he was new on the job, became a supervisor at DHS. He's now retired. You know you're getting old when the people you mentor retire. He sent me this article, FLETC Shutdown, F-L-E-T-C. FLETC is the acronym for the Federal Law Enforcement Officer Training Center. This is where we train federal agents. The center continues to be shut down. Why? Because the pandemic is not over. So- the administration said that the Center for Disease Control said you cannot open up Fletzi, even though we need to train officers because of the pandemic. But the same Center for Immigration, uh, for uh, the same Center for um, Disease Control says, however, we want to end Title 42 that's designed to protect Americans from pandemics. Do you see a little disconnect here, Karen? Oh, I see a lot of disconnect and a lot of corruption and the hoping that the Americans are too stupid to connect the two items and put them together. Well, there's one other final thing that I want to talk about before we run out of time, uh, but I, I want to roll right into this because I wrote an article for the front page. This was back in April. Yale Law School recruits and trains social justice warriors. Mission, wage lawfare to affect change across every sector of society. I'm a great believer in providing scholarships for children living in poverty. The way you end poverty is through education of Americans. I, I have no problem with providing free college to Americans who are willing to take up a study of areas where we need people, whether it's medicine, whether it's chemistry, whether it's biology. If they have the qualifications, we train Air Force pilots. They do a hitch of seven years, eight years, whatever they agree upon. And then they're free to become airline pilots. And we spend over a million dollars training them. They get the best training in the world. I've had the privilege of meeting many of them. I work with a speakers bureau in D.C. and proud of our military. And we just re remembered them all this past Memorial Day. So I have no problem with telling American kids, if you're working, willing to study hard, maintain a grade average, we'll give you a scholarship. But I'm talking about Americans, not dreamers, not lawful immigrants, American citizens. This is the way we will bootstrap Americans out of poverty into mainstream economic America. So Yale said, we're going to give everybody that, that qualifies kids in poverty a free law school education. And I said, well, that's not a bad idea. Maybe this should really be a good thing. But then all of a sudden, they turned it around. And, and, and what do they talk about? Well, here's the news release where they announced the scholarships for law students from America's poor kids. At Yale Law School, we prepare lawyers and leaders to face the most critical challenges of the future and affect change across every sector of society, said Gherkin. Gherkin is the professor running this thing. We are committed, again, quoting, to ensuring every student can fully immerse themselves in our vibrant intellectual experience 
and has the tools and resources they need to leave their mark on the world. The Hearst Horizon Scholarship Program cements our commitment to access and equity for all. So we're not talking about cultivating lawyers who can follow the Constitution and go into various areas where law is essential, and it really governs everything we do. Realize that Yale produces uh, lawyers, rather, and judges and corporate executives. They are being indoctrinated to be the agents of change. And what caught my eye about Yale, if you remember that terrible demonstration when a conservative came on campus and got threatened uh, at Yale, and they had to call the police, and these law students were screaming, oh my God, the police came on campus. They have guns. You threatened our safety by bringing the police in after they threatened the safety of a conservative speaker. I participated in a debate at Yale Law School 15 years ago, thereabouts. And it was amazing to walk in. And there was this life-size photo of me on an easel as we walked in. And we had a great debate. We disagreed. We agreed on some issues. And we all went out and had dinner afterwards. That's what debate is about. I had planned to teach debate on the college level, had the opportunity to become a federal agent, not availed itself to me. So I believe in debate. Debate is intellectual capitalism. You bring your ideas to the marketplace and the consumers, the people who participate in the audience, get the pick position they approve. The judges are all part of that process. It's intellectual capitalism. They don't want intellectual capitalism. They don't want anyone to question anything. I also wrote an article about the science Nazis. I don't know if you know this, but Einstein was run out of Germany. And we all thought, well, he was Jewish. It's worse than that. They brought in Nazi physicists who got the Nobel Prize to criticize Einstein and said he was practicing Jewish science, whatever that is, kind of like fake science today. And what did they attack? Einstein's theories of relativity, which have all been proven to hold up under scrutiny today with modern technology. But these two Nazi scientists caused his life to be placed in danger. And that's when he left Germany, thankfully. Uh, the war might have gone differently had he not come to America. But this is what we're witnessing today. The science Nazis are telling you, follow the science, but don't you dare question anything because we will tell you what the science is. You, you little nobody, have no right to even think for yourselves. You will be told what science to follow. Am I getting that wrong, Karen? No, you are getting that 100% right. And where are they learning this? It's not just college folks. They're uh -huh. learning this in elementary school. They're being taught in elementary school that it's more important that you should question your gender than it is to learn how to read and, and write and, and have by the and way, math. And by the way, what do you call a parent who is fully engaged in his or her child's education? A domestic uh, terrorist. That's absolutely right. I and was the PA president of my daughter's public school. And you should be encouraging parents to be involved with their children's education. But realize that every day, many more people than that are losing their lives to drug overdoses, to shootings, to the violent gangs, to the meltdown of our society. This is a, a, a incident where... It attracted attention. So, of course, what do the Democrats have to say? And again, I'm a registered Democrat. These aren't Democrats. You know, don't let a crisis go to waste. And if you don't have a crisis, create, create a crisis. Them. But yes. do you know that the warnings, the bulletins about terrorism issued by DHS have nothing about aliens coming to America to carry out attacks? Maybe some Americans will be influenced by the Internet, by some radicals overseas that post stuff. So we've got to be careful about the lone gunman who might be motivated by the Internet. 
but everything is focused on Americans who might carry out the attacks. And they actually included a little thing about the Afghan refugees. And we know from hearings that some have not been properly vetted. Many haven't. And by the way, it's not just who's on the terror watch list. I laugh when they keep saying, well, 43 were on the terror watch list. We don't know all the terrorists. Most terrorists are not on a registry, okay? It's not like he has a license so I could look him up and see if he has a driver's license. Most terrorists are sleeper agents, which means their identities, their intentions, the fact that they're here, unknown to us. And you have how many getaways? And it just took 19 hijackers on 9-11. I want everyone to focus on that number. 19 hijackers on 9-11 killed more people than we lost to the Japanese fleet at Pearl Harbor on December 7th, 1941. And the death count continues. But what do they say? That radicals on the right might look to exploit the admission of Afghan refugees to attack the immigrants. Talk about <laughs> twisting things sideways. That is not a surprise because they are after Americans. Their goal is to eliminate Americans, the American way of thinking, and heaven forbid you are a patriot, you will then become a domestic terrorist in their eyes. And that is the problem that we're facing. Mike, these people that are coming into this country, uh, once they're here, is there any way, let's say we are fortunate enough to turn over the government and we actually get a decent government that actually loves America? Good question. Can so, they get rid of these people? Well, here's, so what here, do we do? So, here, so here's, here's the problem. That's why Biden is doing this. This will be the gift that keeps on giving. He's, he has crashed mm -hmm. the system. An illegal alien who gets arrested, and I did many of those. And by the way, so that you know, there's two sets of law that we deal with in immigration. They keep saying running the border is no big deal. It's, it's like a parking violation. It's like jaywalking. No, it's not. We have criminal and administrative laws in immigration. Administratively, if someone's here illegally, the goal is to remove them. If they got lawful status that they shouldn't have acquired or they've committed felonies and therefore they lose lawful status, and I've, I've deported people like that, one of whom came back and killed a New York City cop. I had to testify at the murder trial. It was the worst trial that I ever participated in. His family was sitting in the audience. He was 24 years old. His wife was pregnant when he was shot by this dirtbag from Panama. So that's the administrative side. You look to deport them. Criminally, if you enter the United States after you've been deported, you're looking at two years in jail. But if you're a criminal, what we call an aggravated felon, you're looking at up to 20 years in jail for unlawful reentry. I'm very proud of that statute because I worked with Senator Al D'Amato, who at the time was our senior senator in New York, to create that law. So I was involved. A bunch of my colleagues helped me because I had to provide substantiation. And a gentleman by the name of Walter Connery, who'd been the head of investigations, unknown to me, we didn't know about each of our activities, went to D'Amato with an, a legislative initiative. He was an attorney he had been the head of internal affairs for the NYPD, became the head of internal affairs for immigration, and then became the head of investigations in New York. So we got the law passed. I actually made the first arrest of a Dominican drug dealer who lost his green card because of convictions for violent crimes, gun violations, and drug trafficking. And he wound up doing an additional five years for unlawful reentry in a federal penitentiary, certainly not jaywalking. And if you commit visa fraud in conjunction with terrorism, the penalty is 25 years in jail. Certainly not a minor crime. So when you hear this nonsense, oh, immigration law is insignificant, baloney. An illegal alien in possession of a firearm or ammunition is looking at 10 years in jail. 
There's all sorts of ways that immigration laws can be used to combat transnational criminals and international terrorists, which is why I was part of the Organized Crime Drug Enforcement Task Force using my authorities as an immigration agent in furtherance of major drug trafficking investigations. These people are here. So if you want to bring an illegal alien to an immigration court, the backlog is years. And now because of Mr. Biden, it will probably be a number of years before that alien goes before a judge and God knows where he or she will be or what mischief they may make for us. You know, you need to look back at the Second World War. Immigration started out as part of the Labor Department to protect jobs and wages, especially during the Depression under FDR. They moved it to the Justice Department when we had Germans coming in U-boats to commit acts of sabotage in America. They moved immigration to the, to the Department of Homeland Security by uh, George W., but George W. Bush created uh, DHS in a way that violated the Homeland Security Act and made it impossible to enforce the laws to secure the borders by cutting immigration in half. That's why it's important to understand that both parties have a vested interest in a borderless America. Both parties. Trump, uh, I didn't always agree with Donald Trump, but he took all that heat because he was the first president in decades to use one word that drove them insane. The word begins with the letter S. And the word is sovereignty. He was the first president in decades to stand up for American sovereignty, and it drove the globalists out of their mind. Well, it looks like a lot of it has worked because the globalists are not happy right now. Let's say 30% of the people that come in are criminals, and we can use our laws to get rid of them. What do we do with the 70%? Is it possible to come up with a program that says, oh, within the next six months or eight months, your subsidies will stop from the American well, we, we people? Could, we could Can that. we do that? Do, well, would under, that help the, also? Yes. Well, maybe the public charge thing. But understand the problems that we have under birthright citizenship. Their kids are all citizens, right? And if they're taking jobs, that, and by the way, this is why we have homelessness, they keep saying it's about home, it's about mental illness and drugs. You also have a good number of hardworking middle-class Americans, professionals who have been fired. Dan Rather did a piece. I recommend everyone look for it on the internet. It's called No Thanks for Everything. He interviewed computer programmers who had been in the industry for decades, were fired and displaced by people from India. They could not get a job in that industry. So what do you do when you're 52 years old you have an MBA in computer science, you're a Phi Beta Kappa graduate, but you get fired and your company, Microsoft or whomever, says, I'm not going to give you a letter of reference. And even if they do, do you think anyone's going to hire a 52-year-old and pay them what they really should be getting paid? So most of them wound up taking relatively menial jobs and were unable to keep their houses and pay their mortgages. And that, by the, the way, was the goal, by the way. That's yes. very important. That was the goal, to push the middle class out of their homes so that these properties could be bought up by hedge funds, yep. tore the buildings down, put up high rises, and guess where the illegals are going? Yep. And meanwhile, you have Americans who've lost their, their jobs, jobs, are homeless in some cases, and once they become homeless, they lose custody of their children. So everyone's screaming about the kids on the border who are being enticed to come here. Many are dying, by the way. This is a disaster. But meanwhile, Americans are being made homeless through no fault of their own. Think of what Disney did. 
Disney fired all of their programmers, and these people had just gotten excellent evaluations. They thought they were getting bonuses because they got the best possible evaluation, and they were told you're fired. But if you want your your um, severance package, you will train your replacements from India. Afterwards, they agreed they made a terrible mistake. They said it's good we fired the Americans, but it was a bit much to tell them to train their replacements. Could you picture that? Yes, to me is the worst. And I was involved in that. And I know that firsthand. And yep. Mike, I'd like you to come back and let's talk about that because what they are doing to the middle class is a disgrace disgusting travesty, and it's all hinging upon immigration. Mike, please tell everyone where they can find you. Unfortunately, we're at the end of the show, sure. so I'm going to ask you to come back again because oh, this I, is a I conversation will. that must be continued. So where well, can everyone find okay. you? Okay. So first of all, please go to my website. It's michaelcutler.net. Go to frontpagemag.com or usinc.org. Check out my radio show, The Michael Cutler Hour on Blog Talk Radio. But please share the information with your friends and neighbors. These are the discussions that we must have. We're being treated like mushrooms in America today. What is a mushroom treated? Well, they, they're kept in the dark and fed a lot of fertilizer. The reality is that the facts are immutable. The facts, the law, common sense, and morality are all on our side. We need to hold government accountable, and we need to understand that democracy is not a spectator sport. We have the power, and we need to get the politicians to understand that we are on to them and their duplicitous betrayal. This is about our country, this is about our children, and it's about our children's children. Please get involved, folks. You know, the opportunities are shrinking. The march that they are on is accelerating. And we really need to get the information out there because, uh, as John Adams very accurately said, facts are stubborn things. Thank yes. you so much for having me, Karen. Be it well. is a pleasure as always. And I learn so much when you are on the show that you share this information, folks, and that you apply it. Remember what I say applying knowledge is power. Having knowledge and not doing anything with it is meaningless. Applying the knowledge is power. Now you can apply the knowledge. Please share this information. But more important than anything, vet your candidates. That is crucial. And this is- And don't is presume the R or D means anything. Anything. Look at them as individuals, Exactly. Period. Full period. stop. Folks, have a wonderful week. You're listening to Karen Schoen. This is the Prism of America's Education brought to you on the America Out Loud Talk Radio Network with my wonderful sponsor, the Florida Citizens Alliance. Folks, the Alliance is doing amazing things in the schools. Please get involved. You don't have to be in Florida. Just go sign up, get on the website, get the information and apply it to your state. That's the purpose of having 50 unique states. We get to share information. See you again next but week. I'll always stay proud and free. I'm America, don't trip.